Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Kelly's Diffie is back. He is better than ever. He is balder than ever. Where's the do-rag? Seriously. Uh, the do-rag is right here, but it's like I woke up at 4.45 this morning because I thought that we were on a different schedule. So, uh, yeah, and I kind of wanted to show everybody since we were brushing our hair together this morning, this was the end result of what happened to me and what happened to you. It's menacing. I'm actually thinking about getting a haircut. I know you probably knew I was thinking about it. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I'm surprised you haven't already had one. I know, it's the odds. <laughs> it's the <laughs> odds. It's nice to have you back on the show, man. It's been a while. Catch me up. I want to talk about skinwalkers at some point. I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot, but yes. Absolutely, yes. Um, So I want to talk about skinwalkers and fluoride today. Um, But so what's going on is um, I'm working on a city of Flagstaff beautification action project. Sorry about that. I... Uh, bumped that there um working with a new headset here and the cord is a little shorter than what i'm used to and i don't do like wireless headsets because obviously like technical issues but uh anyway so i'm working on um this thing called beautification in action with the city of flagstaff which is where they're going through and wrapping all the utilities boxes in uh in the city and um like the ones that are on Route 66 are primarily owned by what's called the Arizona Department of Transportation. So they're state and federally owned. And so we can't do any wraps on those. We have to get ones that are owned by the local um, utilities company and they're on private property. And those are very limited on Route 66. So I'm real proud to have been one of the few people. I'm going to be the first artist that's involved in this project that is featured on Route 66. And I was just granted the uh, the uh, art grant on December. I'm sorry, on November 18th. So that's an exciting thing. Um, <clears throat> is it to beautify up the the town? Yeah, you know they want to. So you get these utilities boxes, and they're like these like desert brown colors and stuff, and they're just they're everywhere, right? And so what they're doing is they're taking putting vinyl wraps of artists' art around them to kind of um, dress up the place a little bit, make it not so. That's what I really enjoy is like there's a lot of like I went to D.C. like a few weeks back and uh, we were driving through and there's like a lot of graffiti on buildings. Restaurants would pay people to have like a symbol of their thing on their building and graffiti. And there I love looking at that stuff. I love graffiti in general. I love the art that people really do. But then we were in a really bad neighborhood of like Baltimore area. And uh, I was like, look at that graffiti. And the graffiti said no shoot here which just means like this is a sign that everyone's agreed that there's no shooting on this corner. And like my buddy's like, I don't think that's like graffiti art. I was like, well, the guy, whoever wrote it, he knew calligraphy or something because he did the whole thing beautiful. It says no shoot here, even though there was blood stains all over the spot. I feel like nobody's abiding by those rules, my man. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I love graffiti, dude. We get it on the trains out here and stuff. Obviously, there are guys who come out and they like, spray paint you know like i mean like whatever their goofy name is and they don't even try to you know their tag name or whatever they don't even try to art it up it's just like spray paint and you get those guys and that kind of sucks you know that's like what do you I mean know, how I picky are you most people just draw a dick on a building and walk away well, yeah, no i mean that's that's another thing you know like so it's dicks on buildings <laughs> <laughs> In 2023, it really is. Um, modern art has really taken a nosedive, I feel like, this year. Um, and there's a lot of artists out there talking about it. It's a big controversy in in the art world, apparently, which I'm not deeply involved in, but a little bit, you know. Um, so 
How controversial is it? Tell me about it. Come on now. You don't like um, a banana with duct tape posted on the wall? So the, the banana is at a certain angle. There's three of them that exist in the world. Um, it's at a certain angle and a certain height. And the banana has to be replaced every three days. And I think that that is absolutely ridiculous. Somebody right. was able to charge right. a quarter of a million dollars a piece for that. They ever replaced the banana? Every three days. <clears throat> it has to be replaced. I'm not mad at that because there's somebody in the banana business who's like, yes, thank God. It's my, it's like, uh, what is it? Hunger Games where they choose a random person out of the crowd. They just choose a random banana company to get a banana to supply it. It has to be a specific type of banana. It has to be a specific weight. It has to be a specific color. It has to be like, there's a lot that goes into the, like the guy who designed the the piece, he put a lot of work into it, but ultimately it's a fucking banana. Was it five minutes? It's yeah, a we're five banana. minutes in. You're fine. <laughs> I know you're waiting on it. Oh, dude. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, you know, it's it's ultimately it's a fucking banana taped to a canvas and whatever angles, height, style. I'm not color, mad at it, dude. Yeah. There's a guy that's gonna retire off that. His whole life is like, please stop shitting on my job. This is all that I have. It puts my kids through college. <laughs> I wish we could see a time lapse of this guy's life that's just replacing that banana every day until he retires. And he's like, he's like <laughs> watching his kids walk to graduation. Son, you might be able to be a technician for NASA, but I changed a banana on a fucking canvas every single day or day, every three days. Right. Well, there's three paintings out there, so maybe it has to be done once a day to get all three of them done. I don't know if they do it if it's on a certain schedule where they're all replaced at the same time. Or if they're done one day here, one day there, one day the next. To me, it seems like it'd be a lot easier to replace a banana, one banana per day, than three bananas per day. And apparently, it's up to the art owner to replace their own banana, but they ha are under a contract where they have to use certain types of bananas if they purchase them. Where are you getting your information? Oh, oh my God, dude. I've studied this art. So I'm an artist. So, like, to me, this is one of the most controversial and ignorant things that has ever happened in the world let alone the art world and i'm just like why are you hating like, dude because i spend a lot of time making amazing art to have like one person in the world tell me that's amazing i'm like thanks and like somebody goes and tapes a banana to a canvas and makes like two hundred fifty thousand dollars off of it it's a little disheartening as an artist somebody it's like it's like somebody who's like doing a podcast for example and they spend every day doing podcasts and then like some dude comes by and farts on the microphone and like gets like a million viewers and they're like, oh, hey, that was, if I yeah. get the attention, that's good. Um, mm. But you've seen my Instagram when I put up those photos. They're all just like good angles and stuff. You could take a picture at a restaurant of a, a some like maybe a steak and some waffles. Yeah, I'm going to put some surf and turf together. Or is that? Yeah, no, surf and turf is seafood. And... I know, but that's like breakfast and beef. Um, but you take a picture of it, and everyone will be like, "That's an amazing photo with like a dollop of ketchup on it." People are like, "That's so artsy. That's so photography style." But then if you look in the background, it's fucking Al Pacino and Oliver Stone chatting over a coffee. Nobody will notice that though. That's what I'm saying. It's like it doesn't matter, but it just it's some there's some weird angles. And I figured I don't know how many times you have to hit your head. Or how many times you have to do drugs or how many times – but there are some days you wake up and you're not feeling like 100%. You know what I mean? Not that you're sick, but this the world looks different. 
Sure. And I'm, it's where my eyes start catching angles certain ways. I'm like, yo, if you could walk around like this for the rest of your life, that would be amazing. You're not thinking about like later problems. I mean, scheduling's a bitch because you just, you miss like seven appointments in a row and everyone's like, where were you at? But like, I didn't even know I was supposed to be anywhere. I just woke up and thought I was, you know, under the witch's spell, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Um, I don't know, man. Like, so... I've noticed this, like, I can take my camera out of my pocket and snap some random ass, like, photo with no focus, no subject matter, no whatever, and it'll get, like, you know, I've posted that on social media, and it'll get, like, 250 likes. I can set and compose a photo that is, like, well thought out and has beautiful subject matter and good lighting and all that stuff, and people will just ignore it. And I'm like, what is the appeal to, like, the worse something looks the more people like it. Like I can take pictures like an ashtray with like a uh, used condom in it and people would be like, this is fucking amazing. And I'm like, uh, that was completely by accident. Like I didn't even mean to have that on my camera. I don't know where that picture came from. And people are like, yeah, $200,000. is that? Right? <laughs> you know, it's like, what the fuck? You know, when you I'm have just... someone just randomly comment that are like, uh, what is it? You go, uh, 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 damn, I just forgot the bit. Hang on a second. Oh, yeah. So you said condom in the ashtray. Be like, hey, get your condom out of my ashtray. Or maybe the ashtray's in the condom, man. All right. You know, who, dude, it's open to interpretation. It's interpretive know. art. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I wish this, honestly, who, who's the mayor that probably does the most is like Bellasio, even though he sucks. What was it? During the pandemic, he said he was going to bring back the arts, and they funneled like how many millions of dollars into that interpretive dance shit show that he had when people were like starving and dying on the street. So it's like, look, hey, art is art. And sadly, when people are hungry and you know living off the street, instead of donating a million dollars to help out people in need, you want to just donate it to interpretive dance because that's what the people really want. They want interpretive dance. Absolutely. The art world is an $84 billion a year market. I don't understand that. That's a lot of fucking money. Um, I don't know where people get money to buy and spend on that type of stuff. And I can, like every penny I make goes to some sort of life struggle. And so, <clears throat> at least currently, and, you know, I'm just like, I, I have such a small portion of that $84 billion and I want to know how to get like a much larger portion of it. Like I'd like to get like a million of that 84 billion. Just a piece. You know, just a little piece. That's all you're asking for. That's asking just, you know, a, a section, a, a fragment of, and so, but yeah. Um, apparently good art or what, I mean, I consider good art, which is something that's thoughtfully processed is, not the end thing right now it's you know they want things that are and even when i do chaotic stuff like i see all these people who are like doing this like the problem is i live in arizona i don't live on one of the two coasts i need to either live on the east coast or the west coast because those are the progressive art areas right <clears throat> and so and i guess there's a lot of arizona-based artists i don't have the money for exposure i don't have a lot of money for advertising stuff like that and that's what i'm finding is that like representation is very important in these type of games 
And so that's why they're art agents and stuff, because these guys have the connections and know who's going to, you know, do whatever. But in order to get involved with those people, you have to have money. You have to, you know, like. Well, you need one person to pick up your painting and take it to the extreme. And then your name is forever solidified in the art world as anything that you create, people are going to want first bet at because of the fact that you've already have an established name. So it's just about doing that. Light your crotch on fire and run outside and flick some painting on a thing. You know, I mean, that's what I may have to do at some point. I mean, I don't know. Like I've gone through so many, like, I think I know how to do things. I think I'm good at marketing and everybody that I talk to is like, yes, we want your stuff. We want to do this. We want to do this. And then it becomes like this breaks just hit. So I get like the yes, the initial yes. And then it just kind of stalls out. And that's like working with galleries, working with companies. I mean, I've been talking with like local companies here who were like, yeah, we want your art on stickers and merchandise. And I'm like, great. Email me your logo. And like some of these companies, I'm still waiting like three months down the road. Like, where is your fucking logo? Like, why is like flakiness is the. Called ghosting. Ghosting. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it is. It's like, and it's not like. One out of 10 companies or seven out of 10 companies, but it's like 10 out of 10 companies. And what is really frustrating is that there's 500 of these companies that are doing it. And it's like, look, if you don't want my shit, just say no. Would it just be easier to be like, ha, 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 than to be like, yeah, keep emailing me every fucking day and keep sending me more information and keep like... Do you think it's because you wear the I don't like morning people shirt and then everyone's just kind of... Yes, so... Let me go ahead and I don't like warnings or warning Damn. people or warnings or people. I'm all three of those things. Oh, yeah, I know. I wore this specifically for you today. Because <laughs> you got Just... up at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. My alarm went off and I was like, dude, okay, so at midnight I'm looking at the clock and I'm going like, I got a podcast in four and a half hours. I need to get some fucking sleep and get some rest. So I don't have these crazy fucking bags under my eyes, which I have now. And so at 4.45, my alarm went off and I was like, I just went to sleep like 30 minutes ago. What the fuck? Which I probably didn't. I laid in bed from 10 o'clock till but I've always, you know, I get excited about things. Um, so you were excited for I, this. I was very excited. for this. We haven't mm. talked in months, dude. I so know. you used to Sorry. call me every morning. No, it's not, every not morning. every, every morning. morning, not every morning, every Sunday morning. You would call me on your way to get a haircut. And on your way to get Jello. Hold on a second. I did not call you every Sunday morning on my way to get a haircut. I did not get a haircut every week. Oh my God! Bullshit! You didn't. You went to like a six month period, dude, where I got call records, dude, and you would be driving by the like quick clips or whatever it is right there. <laughs> by... No way. <laughs> yeah, dude. For real. Um, and you were like, I gotta get a haircut. And I was like, man, you just got a haircut last well, week. Well, my doctor was like, What are you drinking? Because your B12 is off the charts. And I was like, I've been like psychologically thinking that I've been my hair's been growing really, really fast. He's like, You sound paranoid. And then after he tested my blood, he's like, Oh yeah, B12 makes your hair grow really, really fast. He's like, Maybe slow down on your B12. And I was like, So I'm not crazy. My hair has been getting long. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember, yeah, that was during that time, and you were also experiencing a lot of, you were doing a lot of, drinking a lot of moonshine at the time. 
So damn, <clears throat> call me out, you jackass. Oh yeah, you know, hey, let's just let's do it. You know, every I know the podcasts are always about other people, and you are not the kind of guy to talk about yourself on them. So I like to call you Can out we on talk things. Talk about and... skinwalkers. <laughs> I gotta know more about these skinwalkers. Everyone keeps messaging me about skinwalkers, and I just don't skinwalk- have any information. <clears throat> the people in my in my area will not say that name. Okay, Why? I live on a Navajo reservation. I live Jeez, in the like, one of the largest Navajo. Why did you buy property there? <laughs> oh man, ah, um, did you not see pet cemetery. Yeah, so we live like there's a Hopi res, and there's the Navajo reservation, and the Dene reservations, and there's a lot of reservations around here. Like we live in an area. I live in an area where, like, this is where the Skinwalker originated, and people won't say that name. Um, the Native Americans here they don't use that word um it's not a light thing even the new generations of kids don't like who aren't so much into the culture won't talk about that a lot um this area is heavily known for there's actually a place like right around the corner from me probably i don't know 60 or 80 miles 100 miles from me that's called skinwalker canyon um and it was featured on an episode of Zach Bagan's Ghost Adventures a few years ago or whatever. Um, and it was kind of funny that uh, they had this old native lady out there. They, the, the Native Americans around here are very, um, they don't like the white men um, because of what the fuck we did to them. <laughs> you know, I mean, like we did some really shitty things to them, but that was hundreds of years ago and I didn't do anything like that to any of these people, nor would I. So, you know, um, and there's a lot of us who feel that way, but there's a lot of us who probably don't. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's a this is a weird, um, racially charged, culturally charged area. Um, I live next to a place called the Apache Death Cave. Um, it's 30 miles east of here. It's another place called Two Guns. And years ago, um, probably 200 years ago, maybe 150 years ago, um, I guess the Apache kidnapped an Navajo princess, 13 year old girl. And they took off um, back to their, wherever they were from. And on the way, like the Navajo people, like they sent out a war party to go retrieve this girl. And they trapped these, like, I don't know, maybe 75 Apache in this cave out here. And by the time they caught up to them, the Navajo girl had already been killed or died for some reason. And so these Navajo people were pissed. Um, this war party, not happy with the Apache. They trapped them out here and then they like in this cave and then they drove their horses. The horses were outside of the cave. They drove the horses into the cave, then killed the horses, then set them on fire and suffocated all the Apache inside. Um, pretty fucking gnarly. <laughs> Sounds like a movie Nick Cage would sign up for. Right. Yeah. So just to give you sort of like a cultural um, idea about how things go here. I don't like to like I'm speaking from like only like what I've learned studying um, as much of this as I possibly can. But like the Navajo people were considered like these drifters, right? They didn't have um, like a home base, I guess. They kind of like moved around and they were known as traders and whatever. And they weren't very popular people um, in this area for some reason. Something happened to create the curse of the skinwalker. I don't know what the catalyst was there. I don't, 
there was something that like somebody did something to these Navajo people and pissed them off. And what they would do is they would place the curse of the skinwalker on these people. And so what the skinwalker is, is it can take on the form of another animal of another, of another mammal or another being. Um, they're humans, they're human, like witches or shamans or something like that. And so like the shaman performs a ritual and uses a pelt usually from a wolf or coyote is what is like the popular sort of thing, bear, um, mountain lion, things like that. Usually it's a large predator. It's an apex predator. And then, so they perform the ritual using those skins and pelts. And then I don't know if they take on the form themselves, if they shape shift like a werewolf would, or if it summons a being, there seems to be like two different, the native people around here don't like to discuss these things, especially with white folks. <clears throat> um, it's very taboo for them. Um, so it's taboo for them to discuss it amongst themselves. It's even more so to discuss it outside of their culture. The skinwalkers are shape-shifting beings. They're humans, though, so they could be killed. They, they could be, or they could not be. See, there's two different schools of. of oh my God! Which one is some it? of these? Could, some of these could be summoned. Um entities like a demon or something that takes on the, the form of a wolf or coyote or bear and then that creature goes out and stalks down whoever the curse is placed on right so so wait it's not aliens they're magic they're magical beings i maybe they are i mean so when you start getting into the supernatural the realm of the supernatural like i don't know if i mean you have ever talked about this i do some paranormal investigation yeah we talked about last time so um when you start getting into the realm of things like the supernatural, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, all seem to be somehow linked. And like people are starting to talk about like Bigfoot being an interdimensional being. Um, and so that leads me into things of like the skinwalkers. Maybe the skinwalker is a Bigfoot that can change shape. I don't I don't know because they're so secretive about it, like the rituals and stuff. So but we do know like certain things about it, and there's probably people who are more um like knowledgeable about it in the world than I am. But like I said, it's hard to get any, like I've tried discussing this with a lot of people out here and people are like, when you say it, they're like, don't say that word. Don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. We don't say that. Um, well, what so do you want it me could to be, call them? Skinwalker right? Americans? <laughs> so <clears throat> true story. I've only been on one hunting trip in my life. Um, they didn't want you back when I was, they? when I was <laughs> they'd be like, you're, you're a savage. You killed everything in the field. First it's um, the logo makers. And now it's the hunters. <laughs> I know what he wants to man. I don't fit in anywhere. I just want to um, be your male person that shows up and goes, this guy bought a house next to the goddamn Navajo reservation. <laughs> what a, like, what a jackass. Right. Why would you do that? They've made movies about not doing that. You know, they were already here. We didn't know when, when I came here and bought the space that I was moving into a fucking, like, a war zone. Did you not Google it? No. For God's sake, Zillow exists. I was 29 years old. I had just gone through a divorce and a rough breakup with the chick that I had dated after my divorce. And... I was dating a girl here in Flagstaff and I was just experiencing like weird, weird moments in my life. And I was like, you know what? This girl was like, move out here with me. I was like, great. 
within 60 days, I was like looking for a new place to live because like me and her were not compatible on like live together side at all. You ever get violent? No. Well, she was violent. I've experienced a lot of violence in relationships over the years. I'm not a violent person. Um, I'm wanted, a big guy. You one of them pacifists? I'm not a pacifist. I'm a peaceful man. So I spent a lot of years being violent. I dealt drugs. Um, you know, when I was a kid, when I was 17 years old, I worked for a kid. We called Hand Grenade Howie. And sometimes <laughs> I would go to... Um, what a name. What a name. That sounds like a garbage pail kid's card. <laughs> well, he was an Asian kid who... His dad was a military contractor, and he somehow had access to things like hand grenades and guns and stuff like that. When I, by the time I was 17, I was very heavily armed, and I was working as basically muscle for this guy. And I would go places and like kick people's hands into you know shut in a locker or something like that because they owed him some money or whatnot. Doing bad things. I lived a very violent lifestyle for a lot of years. And so I'm now a peaceful man. The difference between somebody who's peaceful and somebody who's harmless is that a peaceful man has to be capable of great of, of some form of violence. You can't be peaceful without being capable of violence. Otherwise, you're just harmless. If you're not capable of violence to begin with, you're not really peaceful. You just don't have the option of choosing peace over violence. Yeah, Mike Tyson didn't. Right. So... I don't blame you for it. He turned out to be a pretty good good guy. You know, the things in my past created the person I am today. So I'm not proud of a lot of things that I did, but I am proud of who I am. And I couldn't have become who I am without having gone through the things that I did. Apparently, you're building sculptures around your towns. So that must be a good place to turn out. Well, I'm doing some art there. Um, it's going to be painted art. It's applied as a wrap. But at some point, I would like to just get into sculpture and some larger art you know it's just a stepping stone um into that but yeah um you know i'm a community i'm involved with my community as much as i can be um obviously you know i mean i wear this shirt for a reason i got, i just recently found this shirt a few days ago at walmart um if i'm even allowed to say that word on the air but why wouldn't you be able to say walmart i don't want to because i don't want to plug someplace like that you know what you I mean? don't like establishments where people get groceries hey you know yeah but I don't like establishments that put small business out of business. Well, tough shit because the world's filled with them. Yeah, I know, I know it is. You're not going to be able to avoid them. They're going to take over everything. These towns that well, the towns allow these businesses into their towns, and then they're like, "Oh, you destroyed all the small business." Well, yeah, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? I know they're building up on top of them Navajo reservation camps, right? So, and back to the Skinwalker. <laughs> um, Finally. <clears throat> Thank God. Yeah. So, you know, that brings us. See, I tried to segue into the skinwalker earlier when I was talking about flaky people. And then I was going to be like, and speaking of flaky skin and blah, blah, blah. And then, so that's a shit segue, dude. Hey, that was a great segue, dude. Flaky skin. No, anyway, flaky skinwalker. Yeah, dandruff skinwalker. There's a lot of hair on a wolfy skinwalker, man. So, like, oh, so they are hairy people. I keep thinking, like, because it says it's not in their name, though. It's just skinwalker. Right. Skinwalker. So you that, think bald? Yeah. I think of Jim Carrey as fireman, whoever that guy is. It's all burned <laughs> up. <laughs> Freddy Krueger, right? Um, so, yeah, so the skinwalker is a shapeshifter of types. Um, 
Skinwalker Ranch, for example, they talk about these um, things called dire wolves that may be related somehow to skinwalkers. And dire wolves are very old and ancient things that may still exist here. Um, and they're like 10 foot tall wolves. And I've seen some wolves, man. Like I, I owned a wolf hybrid that was like three and a half feet tall. He was big, um, 80 pounds, real skinny. Um, and Damn, did you lose your train of thought again? Hit the bong one more time. No, I'm, I was about to, but I was just thinking about. I was no, I wasn't really losing my train of thought. I was just thinking about the size of a ten foot fucking wolf, man. So here's the interesting thing about Skinwalker Ranch. Before it was sold to um, the people who owned it before Bigelow Aerospace owned it. Wait, what? Oh, oh yeah. So Skinwalker Ranch was owned was in one family for ninety years, and they never reported anything weird. Then they got into some financial trouble, and it was sold for two hundred fifty thousand dollars back in like nineteen ninety four to a family who then began. They were also in financial trouble, but then they began experiencing these strange and interesting events and occurrences. Right, like all these bulls got stuffed into a trailer where they wouldn't have fit into allegedly. And we don't ever see pictures of this. We just hear like these stories and shit. So then, like, they told these stories, and it became sort of this pop culture thing. Well, then the United States government got involved with it and started doing some work out there. And then Bigelow Aerospace came in, I guess, and purchased the ranch for a million dollars. So it got the people who had bought the ranch out of their financial difficulties. Then all of a sudden, it became like the local legends were like, yeah, these things have been going on for years and years. But the original family who owned it denies those claims, saying that they had never experienced anything supernatural or paranormal on that ranch. And they had lived there for almost 100 years. They had homesteaded that place. <laughs> and it had been the family for generations. So Bigelow Aerospace comes in, um, and Mr. Bigelow begins investigating this property and they start discovering all these crazy things that are happening like a half platypus half stegosaurus dinosaur that appeared out of nowhere and approached the research team and then disappeared and so like weird things and like these giant wolves that appeared and like the skin walker but they have no there's no photo evidence of these things that existed then you get this guy like stephen greenstreet i think is his name goes in and does an expose on Skinwalker Ranch and talks about like there's a new guy who owns it and like everybody who works there is Mormon the guy who owns it is Mormon his name is Brendan something or other he's from Utah Salt Lake City Utah and he bought it from like the Bigelow people and they're doing experiments out there now and now it's a big show uh, uh secrets of Skinwalker Ranch and they have like pseudoscientists out there working on the the place and doing these like weird experiments and so like they're discovering some things like they've been talking about like a military frequency that they've been working with out there or whatever but you know you guys can do all your own research on that that you want i could sit and talk about that for i mean there's like a well it's like a it's like a lab testing is it like a lab test or something there's some there's they're doing some like, different types of experiments they have like they're doing some drilling out there they've got like uh lidar that they've been running out there um, trying to see what's underground. I think there's something underground out there, maybe some sort of secret military facility um, at Skinwalker Mesa. Um, but all these things, you know, like anytime you start dealing with the paranormal, you start dealing with like military, then all of a sudden the military is involved, right? So here we have like 
There's a 1.6 gigahertz um, communications frequency that the military uses allegedly, and that frequency is being picked up all over Skinwalker Ranch in different places, and even above Skinwalker Ranch, like half a mile up or whatever. So they've been launching model rockets through the air there, and they've been doing like these, they fly over and drop things out of a helicopter, trying to see what's there, see if there's a solid object that's cloaked there or something. But then whenever Stephen Greenstreet gets into it and starts talking about the stuff that they're doing out there and starts going out there to experiment himself and conduct these type of things, like he's not, he's doing like an analysis and he's trying to debunk what's going on out there. And I think he does a pretty good job because a lot of the stuff that they're doing out there is like, there's no evidence of it. Like you're watching it on video and you're still not getting any evidence. Um, so, you know, um, it's a whole bunch of stories. And then like, so part of the, part of the, um bigelow research team that worked out there they said that mr bigelow would get very upset when he would call and be like so what's going on and they're like they're reporting like nothing no activity no you know ufos no weird stuff so he would get upset about that and so in order to keep him from getting upset they just started making up elaborate stories um allegedly and to keep him happy and so that's where like all these legends of skinwalker ranch now are coming from stuff it's a bunch of made up stuff and on the title i guess on the land deed it's listed as an entertainment resource or an entertainment property of some sort um so yeah it's like so are we calling real or bullshit on it oh uh, yeah complete bullshit on okay it. so it's just a marketing thing it seems to be it really does seem to be and i you know, I can't say definitively, but when you look at Stephen Greenstreet's documentary, like I said, there's like a six or eight part. You can look it up on YouTube. It's uh, the office basement. Um, and he goes through and he like, he like, he fucks up Lou Elizondo, who was supposed to be like the ATIP coordinator or whatever for the UAP stuff that's been coming out. Well, allegedly, Louis Elizondo has really no connection to any of that. And he came out and said, well, I was in charge of this. But when you look at his military record, he wasn't in charge of like a pot pissing. There's, um, I mean, does anybody forget when they used to like during World War II and all that, when they used to knock on people's doors and try and sell like nuclear bomb shelters and things of that mm. sort? Well, did they have the bomb shelters or not? Because if those things were underground, maybe that's one of the things is leading to the skinwalker. There's just the dude down there with a bunch of cans of beans that's just playing with his little FM radio waiting for the world. He said two more years and I can come out of this hole. Right. You know, that's possible. That's a real serious possibility, too. Like, who the fuck knows, man? I mean, and I, you say that and then I start thinking about like the mole people of Las Vegas, right? Where there's like entire civilizations that exist under modern civilization in a place like Las Vegas. I know. Why do we call them mole people? They get fucked up when it rains, too. Oh, yeah, dude. They really they open those floodgates shit and kill people, dude. Like lots of them um that's the that's, they have no warning man they have no warning when they do that that's not like i know i know i hate to be that guy that's like should we at least let them know like just yell down the hallway or something at him and he's like nah just hit on a siren or something right yeah right yeah, yeah. they have sirens yeah. for when a freaking class one tornado is coming <laughs> through that's not even gonna hit anybody all right so you know and we talk about that like so the town that i live in flagstaff that brings me to an interesting thing about this town our town has a bunch of underground tunnels in it too. And everybody here talks about how that was created during prohibition and was used for, you know, smuggling liquor around and whatever. 
but the reality of the matter is is the railroad runs through Flagstaff. And who built the railroad? Chinese. And what was taking place in this area during that time was that um, if you were a Chinese rail worker, you weren't allowed to walk around the streets during the day. Yeah, people were killed built in those things, and they just went right over them. Yeah, exactly. And so these underground tunnels were built, were built here for those people mm -hmm. to live in. I can't get over the education on this show. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm fucking, <laughs> the education on this show is amazing. You know, people, I'm sure people have watched episodes with me in the past and they're like, they see me joking around and us having fun and doing whatever and talking about all kinds of bullshit. The reality of the matter is like, I know a lot of things. Um, I live in a part of the world where a lot of crazy shit has happened and there's so much fake history here because People want to preserve like this image, right? Of like, well, Flagstaff isn't a really bad place, but bullshit, it wasn't a bad place. This place is one of the worst fucking places in the world. Um, we made people live live underground here and build a city underground. And then like, so sometime in the recent past, they've gone in and determined that all of this was dangerous for the public. So they went and filled it in, allegedly. Um, and what I think they've done is they blocked off a lot of entrances to it, but there's... On the ledge, I mean, there's a lot of rumors about people who live under here now, currently under the town. The homeless people, the transient population. We are, I live on, um, right on I-40. We're on the I-40 corridor and I-17. So what happens is I-17 is a corridor from Mexico that comes straight up into the United States. A lot of human trafficking takes place here. A lot of illegal immigrants are coming up through the southern border and they come here and they hit like, from Flagstaff, they can go to L.A., Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, Albuquerque, or back down to Phoenix. Um, you've got, like, it just, like, goes everywhere from here. Um, so our transient population is kind of big in this town. And I've talked to some homeless people here who believe that there's a major human trafficking operation that's based out of Flagstaff. Um like more so than just like the the immigrants coming in and dispersing, but also like you know they they get brought in by coyotes and stuff is what they're called, which are they pay people to bring them across the border in these trucks or whatever, and uh, then they kind of just go. I guess. How did we get here from skinwalkers? Holy shit! Well, I'll get back to that here in a minute. It all has to do with government involvement with these things, right? So then we got governments involved with human trafficking. Apparently, allegedly around here is the is the, the terms. Um, I'll bring it, I'll try and bring it all full loop. I don't know how we got onto this subject, to be honest, but I know that it's going to tie in here somewhere, but like, so, and then on I-40, you've got like the drug trafficking trade, right? Like drugs are produced in LA and then trafficked from LA outwards all over the country here. Um, so we have like a CIA building here. This is like an FBI training grounds we have like all kinds of dea we have a lot of government facilities here in flagstaff damn everybody's building on the reservation camp oh dude um camp navajo is here we have two of the only existing above ground icbms like left in the country almost all of the icbms that exist now are underground in in silos but we in have arizona, two right yeah i'm in arizona yeah, that's why. It's because it's like the United States trash can. They just dump all their weapons and shit out there because it's nothing but desert. Well, New Mexico is host to the Waste Isolation Pilot Project, which is where they 
store a bunch of nuclear radiation and waste. And then out here in Arizona is also a trash can in Nevada and Utah. We have so much open space out here as opposed to the East Coast and the Eastern section uh, parts of the united states that it's really easy to dump shit and do yeah, things out here it's, area it's, 51 is out here s4 yeah, it's not a it's not it's not talking trash on your state it's just the fact that that's so on it's so unappealing for a lot of what people are attracted to which might be programmed into us which is that like beach lifestyle or something where there's like water mountains anything that's an attraction like snowboarding's a big attraction. So a lot of people go to california because you literally have snow beach all that my town's only an attraction because we got the beach but if you go to like baltimore where it's like an earth like it's, it's like a city and it's like just it's just it's not i mean it's i walk when i went to dc i was walking around like this is our state capital it looks like shit like because it's just they stopped caring they used to actually care and try and glamify up the city a little bit but it's just because the populations get so dense people stop caring so much that's why everyone now i think the opposite is happening of moving to giant cities i think now people are trying to find like nice land that can just be secluded to themselves because they're so used to being on top of each other but arizona and nevada that area is such drastic climates that it's not still appealing in that factor of being away from everybody because it's such crappy conditions for a lot of people. Not you, maybe, but for a lot of people. Well, you know, a little known fact is there are 14 climate zones that exist, I think, in the, in the world. And in Arizona, we have 13 of those climate zones, all except for beach tropical. So like where I live, I live in the mountains and it's snowing right now. It was snowing last night. Um, I've had snow... I'm six foot four and I've had snow piled up on either side of my driveway that I had to shovel out that I couldn't reach the top of when I put my arms up like nine feet of the air. And so people don't think about that in Arizona. But then two hours south of here is literally like the hottest desert on the planet. And in between, you have all kinds of fucking like it's wild, man. Like Arizona is truly the definition of what I would call the definition of the Wild West. Um, we have mountains, we have deserts, we have rivers, we have forests. I live in the nation's largest natural pine forest, man. Um, in the, in the largest national forest in the United States, uh, Coconino County National Forest. Um, it's the second largest county in the United States. Um, but only by landmass. Pitching your damn state to me? No, it's just it's just weird, dude. There's a lot of interesting things out here. Um, Arizona's a wild place to live, man. Like, and everything out here wants to kill you, dude. From like, <laughs> there are these little insects like this called kissing bugs or assassin Sounds bugs. Sounds like New York, dude. Everybody <laughs> wants to kill you, yeah, right? Um, except for it's not people out here. It, well, the people here want to kill you too, I guess. Everybody here is like, it's this is a crazy place, dude. Go ahead, my wallet's empty. Right? Yeah, no. <laughs> I haven't carried cash in I don't know Just how long. Leave my Costco MVP card, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Just like I got miles on that thing. I got some b bonus points coming up. They're going to give me one of them free two liter of Cokes. Right. <clears throat> Once I buy $400 worth more of groceries. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I really hate that the world has come to a point where employees are only justified and seem significant when they're given a fucking pizza party. What is that? Why do we do that? And the UK, the UK doesn't do that. That's so sad. Give us a raise. That's what we want to feed our families. We'll take the pizza slices home. They don't let you. They don't let you take the pizza slices home. They say, you know, this pizza is for the group. You're like, well, I have a family and I can't feed them without a raise. So uh, can I take a slice home for my kids that are starving? Oh, hell no. 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 Uh, Don't do go that. Go and tell them about it. Let them smell your breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your kids. I had pizza it's for lunch. so bad. It's so <laughs> bad. Yeah, dude. Um, Our country, I don't know, man. Like, I... I'm blown away by the things that I've seen occur in the last three years. I feel like the Large Hadron Collider Project in CERN fucked us up in 2012 um, or 2014 or sometime, man, when they started fucking with these little microcosm black hole things and, like, discovered the, the multiverse. And, like, there's a reason we discovered that there's a multiverse, right? And it's because we're fucking inter- interdimensionally traveling. I'm not even like. worried about that, dude. The shit I'm worried about is that there's someone out there sniffing paint cans and looking for skinwalkers in somebody's house. And there's a child that's waking up thinking he's going to see Santa on Christmas and gets bit by a crackhead. That's what's scary. Oh, me. man. I met Santa yesterday. Is he a nice guy? Uh, he was a really nice guy. I was walking through Walmart. And uh, I was actually there with a friend of mine, uh, taking him to go pick up some stuff for his house. And as we were walking to the store, I seen this guy and he walked by and I was like, him and I had a moment like there were other people in the aisle walking with him opposite of me. I was walking in the opposite direction and there were other people walking in my direction. And him and I like looked at each other and just kind of locked eyes as we walked by each other. And then he continued on and, I continued on, and then I was like, you know, I have to turn around. He was wearing a red flannel shirt. He had a white beard, like, down to here, long white hair. I was like, had little round glasses. I was like, what the fuck? So I turned around, and I walked back, and I was like, hey, Santa Claus. And when I did, he, like, turned around. And so I walked up to him, and I said, I put my hand on his back, and I rubbed his back for a minute. He's an old guy. And I was Mm -hmm. like fucking weirdo why just, would you hey, do just, that just, just because watch this dude like he fucking i said hey santa he, he stabbed the shit said, out of you I, <laughs> I said yeah dude six times i can i'll show you the scars <clears throat> um no but he uh he turned around and i put my hand on his back and i said hey man i just wanted to say like put my hand on his shoulder you know and he kind of rubbed his shoulder a minute and said i just wanted to tell you santa that the only thing i want for christmas this year is just for you to enjoy the day and I swear to God, that old man, like tears welled up in that old man's eyes and he reached into his pocket and he said, I want to give you this. Stab, 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 stab. <laughs> Pepper spray, taser. It was crazy, dude. He fucking, ah. He reached his pocket and had pulled out a coin, a wooden coin that says, I met Santa. I made the nice list. And I posted it on my Instagram, on my Arizona underscore artistry instagram there and so you can go take a look at it but i was like and he's like just put this out by the milk and cookies that you leave for me and i'll make sure you get something special is what he told me when he had it to me and then i turned i said thank you santa and i turned around and walked off that's what i my whole life has been moments like that where there has just been like i wouldn't even call it weird shit it's just not normal shit where it's like that develops a person's personality 
And I try like it's hard to describe that stuff to people. I think we've talked about where I witnessed a drug deal when I was on my way to CVS. Like there's just a bunch of things that you're not in this. But here's the thing that is acceptable. And I really like that story. But it does not happen most of the time. Other times, if you live in a place like New York, you get pushed off a fucking train platform onto where an oncoming train is going. And that just happened like a month ago. Mm -hmm. There are just a lot of things. I mean, look, and I wish the world was like it to where a kid could go up to a person. I don't think you can do that anymore. I just don't think we're in that place in this country. Um, I just think it's a world problem. I don't think it's a country problem. I just think everything's gone so a lot of things change in the psyche of the American public and also the world as a whole. And I don't think we'll ever be at the point again where you like it's even for me. Less than like 30 minutes away when I go to like my buddy's house, he lives like kind of a little bit like a bit of a drive away. But we were just skating, going through to go to the grocery store because we we're like, let's we haven't done this in years. Might as well, you know, take a little trip. And there's these apartment complexes like condos that are all exactly the same. There's no distinct difference about any of it anymore. It's all like they're all about six stories high. Probably each floor has one apartment complex. And they're just I mean, but the whole lane or neighborhood looks like it was like, like just built. Nobody's even touched it before. So we're skiing through and we get lost because everything looks exactly like everything. And eventually we found a water park. They had a water park in there. I was like, what the fuck? But we started noticing kids scootering on the street. No helmets, just by themselves, like little seven-year-old, six-year-old kids just scootering all down the street and down the lane. People were walking with a stroller. You know, they were talking. And we started noticing that this place had looked like it had been like when I was a kid in the 90s. And I was like, this is so Deep, weird to me and it shouldn't be weird but it's just because we haven't seen this in a long time and he's like yeah it's kind of like this thing's like in the past a little bit but everything's brand new i thought we were like in thought we we're all tripping on drugs it was so foreign to everything that we know now because you don't see that anymore everything right. now there's is a few little places that are trapped in time like that that are yeah um everything is so fast paced right nobody wants to be around each other nobody talks to each other nobody is friendly to each other waving to each other on the streets um kids don't go outside and play in the park like i got parks around here dude i never see a kid in the park dude like when i was a kid it was like fuck man we were on our bicycles and we were gone from sunup to sunset and like we were never inside we didn't you know we played football on the street i don't see that shit happening here man like I don't see like you rarely see people even walking down the street for exercise and it's not even that like the world has gone shittier because it, I mean, it kind of has, but if you really examine from like what were the class peaks when I was a kid, when there was this giant fear that you can't leave your kid in a room in a doctor's office by themselves, and there were these psycho killers. Remember, everything on the news was like psycho killer. I think what's her name? Um, the one lady who's you know like the late the the woman of death or the angel of death that killed like sixty something babies in a hospital or something like that. Like there was these, there was obviously OJ. There was a lot of stuff that was still controversial, big things that were going on. It's not that different today. It's just it seems like that it's now it's more frequent to where they maybe stop reporting so much of it, if that makes sense. I think what it is is the information society that we live in um, is so fast paced because think about this, man. The Internet has only existed for like 20 years, bro. 
Yeah. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Like the internet didn't exist before like 1994, dude. <laughs> you can Google that you were moving into a reservation spot. All right. Yeah. It's a new tool to <laughs> us. It's a new tool to us, man. Like we don't always think about like there are times that like my wife will come up and be like, how do I do this? And I'm like, you have the Google machine. Like literally there's no reason that people today can't do anything that they want. Like if you're paying somebody to come and do something for you, it's because you're too lazy to look up how to do it on YouTube or how to Google it or, you know what I mean? It's that's it's where it is with us. And the same is with the, uh, the information like news, like news travels so fast through the internet and Denzel Washington approaches this. He does a great interview in Hollywood like 10 years ago and I applaud him for it where he really calls out the media, the drive-by media for shit like fake news. And just, he says, it's not even like about being right anymore. It's just about being first. You hear a story and you put it out there right now, boom, before anybody else can break the story, we got to put it out there. And you go back and fact check it and find out it's all bullshit. We're seeing that a lot with like the Ukraine war and stuff, man, where people are like post excuse me, people and in, in media sources are posting footage and it's like, well, this happened 20 years ago. It's the same footage that they posted 20 years ago. Why are we seeing that now? This isn't something that's current because they're not fact-checking their sources anymore. They get something from one or two sources and all of a sudden, well, that's fact-checked. Well, that's not fact-checked. That's bullshit. You know, in Ireland, <clears throat> I have a friend who did a drive-by with a chainsaw in Ireland because they don't have guns and he attacked a state worker with a chainsaw from a moving car. <laughs> How Eason. the fuck do you do that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, just, I don't have video footage of it, but this is what he claimed and told me. And so he was doing a, he was going to prison. I used to play GTA with this guy when he was wait, awaiting sentencing. And you come across a lot of weird people on GTA. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he was awaiting sentencing. His name, his handle gamertag was Savage Eason. And he told me that in Ireland, it doesn't matter what you're accused of. If two or more people say you were doing it, that's enough to convict you. With or without fucking evidence. Like China. It's crazy, right? So, like, I get pissed off. Me and you get pissed off at fucking joe blow over here and we're like i'm like hey robbie fuck this guy and you're like yeah fuck this guy and we're like oh okay so let's make up something about him and all of a sudden he's in prison what that's <laughs> but that's like in it besides our legal system it's that's like that on like earth though like people you know if you hear a rumor get spread all you need is a couple people believe in it next thing you know you're kind of screwed yeah well we see that all the time with people like high profile shit that's in the news like so this guy gets accused of cutting his wife's head off or something and then all of a sudden, whether he's convicted Come or not, OJ? he's guilty. Well, I'm not going to name any names because I don't think want my he's head innocent? cut off. I don't know. He I don't took his so. children. He took his children to his wife's funeral, dude. Um, I'm sure he did. Yeah, I don't think he's necessarily innocent, though. But I've been trying to invite him on the show for since the show's beginning. I just want to know about Naked Gun. That's it. <laughs> there we're about to lose a whole chunk of history because everyone keeps putting knife emojis in his comments every time he makes a video i'm like guys please i just want to ask him about naked gun and then i'll ask him about the oj stuff i actually contacted um the guy who the waitress was sleeping with 
who was supposed to go and give her the purse, but he sent his uh, co-worker, and that's the guy who got killed um, with the waitress that OJ allegedly killed. Mm, okay. So I contacted him to talk about it because I wanted like to talk to him about the OJ murder stuff because he posts a lot on Instagram about it. I seen a post on some social media the other day where like this lady was like interviewing OJ after the after the you know slaying of his ex wife, and he made some sort of comment to her about like I have something for you later or I have a surprise for you or something like that when this interview was over. And so he, they end the interview, and she's like in her dressing room. Or oh, and he opens up with the knife. Din, din, din. That's crazy, dude. That he's got a sense of humor, my guy. Dude, like, yeah, like who, who in the fuck has that kind of sense of humor? Did you ever see Norm McDonald on The View? Yes, they brought yes. him on there to roast them and make fun of them, and they're like telling him that if he didn't stop cracking these Bill Clinton jokes about the Clintons' death count, um that he was going to like never be allowed back on. They were going to ruin his career. And then eventually they were like, if you don't shut up, we're going to end this subject and your career is going to be ruined. And he's like, okay, I'm sorry. And then they're like, okay, we're going to move on to another subject football. And he goes, manslaughter. <laughs> it just legit. like got so mad at him. And I just started laughing. I was like, cause that's a show. They literally invite, they played a clip of him from SNL. And he's one of my favorite comedians. I should have wore my shirt. I have a Norm McDonald shirt. Um, but they played a clip of him on SNL where he walked up to a girl who was a waitress bent over reading an order list off a table. And he goes, hey, and he said some smart, like toxic masculinity comment. And they played that before they in introduced him and invited him on The View. When he sat down, they started saying, so how do you think you're funny, Mr. Funny Man? And they started saying that to him in the interview. And he goes, well, I don't know. I just, you know, like to talk about things and hopefully people like to laugh at my jokes. And they were like, oh, really? And they're like, what do you think about George Bush? You're a big George Bush friend, uh, fan, right? And there's photos of him and George Bush. Like, oh, I love George Bush. That guy's never done anything wrong. He's like kind of saying it like you tell there's he's joking. And then he goes, but one president I do would like to meet, and I would really like to know some more about is Bill Clinton. Now, they're all fans of Bill Clinton on that show. And he goes, I heard he's got a huge death list. And then, like, you can't say that on air. It's live television. But he, like, he flipped the script on them, and they got so mad at him. They were literally all about to attack him on that. Like, people were putting his ha hands over his mouth. And I was like, that's what – see, society's all – it's like, that's it's all for views, and it's bullshit. Dude – in 1990-something, Bill Clinton decided to run for office, right? Yes. First year as president. <clears throat> and before that, I don't know if you know this or not, little known fact, Bill Clinton used to traffic cocaine out of the Little Rock Airport when he was the governor of Arkansas. And they made a movie about it called Double Crossed. Johnny Depp? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. That movie, like... In the weeks and months before he put in his his bid for uh, presidency, was pulled from shelves from places like Hastings and Blockbuster. Like I remember, I had a friend who ran a, a publication, and he probably still does do some stuff with it. Um, we're not necessarily friends anymore, but his name was Pete Pete Eckberg out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and he had a publication and a show on the public access cable channel called The Free American. And he's the guy who kind of opened my eyes to conspiracies and things that were taking place in the world. Like, but 
may not be on the up and up. He kind of opened my eyes to the fact that history is bullshit. And, you know, there's a lot of liars around us. And, excuse me, pardon me. Um, and I lost, I completely lost my train of thought. Why don't you hit the bong one more time and then I'll I'll give us a little, little, are you a little too high already? No, I'm not actually, but uh, I was going to, it's your day off. It is actually, it is my day off and I'm going to enjoy. Um, and it's not a day off. Let's talk about the history of life. Oh, Bill Clinton. Yeah. So we were talking, oh yeah. Okay. Let's, we'll go back to the history of, so we were talking about like Bill Clinton and all this stuff like this. And so he and I went out trying to find copies of this movie, Double Crossed, um, at like. Back then, we had things that were like video rental stores. You could go and like rent a DVD or a VHS tape, um, and you would get it for a couple of days for like 99 cents or something. And so we went around. Sometimes you could even buy the movies off the shelves. So we went around to like every one of these places in Albuquerque, like every video rental place we could. And every one of these places, like none of these places had the movie. And Pete would ask them like, why don't, why don't we have a, can we get a copy of this movie? And they're like, oh no, they were all bought out like last week. They've all been bought out. They've all been bought out. Somebody so slipped some... that little thing in, into Sandy sack. That's what they did. Yes, sir. Fucking like that's a disappeared part. You're talking about history that's going to disappear. Well, that's history that has disappeared. You I'm know pretty I mean? sure like everyone really has to... like online forums of like, I went down that rabbit hole of like the Clinton. There's a lot on that list, man. And there's a like, I don't know how anyone could just be like, no, all these were accidents. One dude uh, who let Epstein into the White House to meet Bill Clinton. I forgot what his name is. His name's last name's Middleton. But I did a clip about this and uh, he took an extension cord, threw it over a tree and wrapped around his neck and then shot himself in the chest with a shotgun. And he had kids and a wife and they were all went silent. And didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, I don't know what that is. But it's like, you can't really say that those are all just like suicides because you look at the list and there's so many. I mean, there's one person that's done exclusively wrong and has not been labeled by history as wrong. That's Harvey Weinstein. And people like actors and actresses were on stage just saying how much they loved Harvey Weinstein. And that guy did the most like he would. I mean, most Hollywood producers will say, hey, if you, you know, give me a little tug tug, you'll get this script and sometimes even worse. And they would never follow through with it. He followed through with it, though. Like he he would be like, you give me a tug tug and, you know, I'll make you a star. And he made them stars. But that's just like that's one person in the industry. And there's probably many others out there that have just are just dirty individuals, horrible individuals. And they haven't been given any type of punishment where any person in that position that isn't them would. Or be blacklisted by such media won't even talk about them because he's somehow built up Hollywood in a sense. Right. There's a lot of guys like that, man. I mean, I don't know how did how did fucking Jeffrey Epstein get in the position that he was in, dude? Because he I hung mean, himself. Well, yeah, but how before that? I mean, like, how did he become the world's like largest arms dealer and fucking trade human be, trafficker? He might be CIA. He might still be alive. <clears throat> I don't think he's still alive, but I think he might have been. Do we um, see? Do we have pictures of his body? Well, let's look at the track record of what our government has done. Our government willingly, from higher authorities, based on documentation that was based in 
LAPD's archives and many people that I've interviewed about the subject, about Manson, they, they kept getting him out of jail to just go back. I mean, they could have got him on anything, prostitution charges, drug charges, anything like that, but he was let out on higher authority. And that's what the police officers say that were interviewed by the people I interviewed. Um, Brad Schweiber being one of them, John Moretta, who's a history teacher. Now, the thing is, Manson is somehow synonymously attached to the hippie movement, even though he's not a hippie. So I'm not defending Charles Manson. I think he's a bad guy. It's because guy. of his long hair and his tattoos, and so they use that as a fucking correlation. Well, it, also the drugs, but they're... There's this idea out there, and I believe in it entirely, is that I think that the world needs monsters. The monsters need to be created for – take it back to Skinwalker. We'll wrap it back in. Um, the world needs monsters. It needs a myth. It needs a legend. It needs something that people feel fear or there's something that needs to be – and it adds extra security measures. And that's when the government – well, that's what the – no, stop. That's what the government comes in, and they use this monster-created thing, and they act as the heroes that destroys this monster. And you can analyze this through any political thing that we've had. Nixon, for the biggest example, Nixon was a bad president, should not have been president. But if you examine Watergate in that whole time period, Nixon is the only name that prevails out of most of it. And they go, well, yeah, Watergate and Nixon. That was Nixon. There's a lot of people that were in establishment that were doing horrible, corrupted shit, and we don't ever hear their names because Nixon went down with the ship while everyone else got on a life preserver. So you see what I'm saying here is like when you really look at like analyze Hollywood, the mob had some small influences into Hollywood, but Hoover had influence into Hollywood. They created a censorship office and they created the blacklist that even if you were suspected of having communist views. You are not allowed to be in films, and they would ruin your career. They would ruin your life. That's who. So now, how did so how did we get completely from the switch, one hundred and eighty degrees from that? Then to where, like, unless you have communist views, they're going to ruin your life. That's the progressive movement, and that, that took place in fifty fucking years, man. And not just, I mean, that's progression. You're right, dude. Progressive is progressive for a reason, and that's, I mean, like, damn, dude. Like, well, they're we even went teaching communism. They're teaching communism on college campuses, kids that want to be communists. And it's like I think we have like a really distorted view because we had – communism had been labeled so much like the word terrorism is labeled today that people went into it and they might have been in some people's viewpoint brainwashed by communism. In my point, in my purpose, I just don't think any of it works. I think the only way that we like the way that – I mean somewhat – we definitely have conditions we can fix. But capitalism I think is – works just not in the way that we turned it into this thing i think the competitive marketplace was supposed to be like that but we somehow allowed elite groups to form in these competitive marketplaces and made it damn near impossible for anyone to be an entrepreneur well there's no competitive marketplace anymore that's the thing because you can't be an entrepreneur to create competition because of conglomerates like walmart that are so toxic to the fucking economic system um but Again, we allowed those places. You're kind of just repeating what I said, but okay. Absolutely, no. It just I'm trying to put it in layman's terms, um, so that anybody out there can, you know, and to reiterate what you say, of course, is just reinforcing it. So, but yeah, exactly. You know, we have allowed these things to take place, and who do we have to blame? Like, we want to blame. We need a monster to blame. That's why I said scapegoat a while ago. But I wasn't saying like scapegoat in the traditional form. I'm saying like the reason why we have Skinwalker is because something happened. And they couldn't explain it to this person, so then they go, oh, the curse of Skinwalker did it. 
Maybe the skinwalker is real. I don't know. There's a lot of people out here who are fucking terrified of that word. I mean, you can say that word in places, dude, and there people will fucking make the sign of the cross. People will, like give me their email. Taken seriously out here, and I don't. I mean, these are write I, my write my email down and just hand it to them <laughs> to people. <laughs> I need to talk to these people. Um, a lot, and again, a lot of these people like they won't say the name, dude. They won't talk to you about it. You say it around them, and they're just like they'll leave the room. They'll get up and go. They don't want to talk about it. It's taken very, very seriously out here. I don't have any – well, okay, I started to tell you. I went on one hunting trip when I was like 17 years old. I was in New Mexico. We went to um, northern New Mexico up by, I want to say, Farmington. It's been 30 years, so my this this memory sticks out in my head, but it's a little bit fuzzy because it's been three decades since it happened. Um, 30 years. We were supposed to meet a man who was going to show us where we could hunt and where we couldn't because a lot of that area is reservation also. And you have to be real careful. Like you have to know it's not just back in those days, we didn't have things like GPS and, you know, Google Maps and shit like that to tell us how to. And before we met that man, one week later, he was on TV trying on a white glove that did not fit. <laughs> no. <laughs> There was the man never showed up, so we didn't go on a hunting trip. But we did encounter a man who was field dressing a deer that he had hit on the side of the road or on the road. He was traveling, he had hit a deer and killed it. He had pulled over and was field dressing it to preserve the meat, like on the spot on the side of the road. And somehow inside of this animal there was part of a flannel shirt. I don't, I don't, I mean, that he stuck got, out in my head. He ate the shirt? I think that the Indian man who was supposed to, the Native American man who was supposed to meet us may have been a skinwalker. I feel like he was that deer who had been hit Jesus on the Christ. side of the road. Put the bong down, you dude. No, hippie. I mean that's something that has always entered my they mind. They were it's right. Helter Skelter's real. They got to lock all you people up. How did the fucking flannel shirt end up inside of the deer? It. He might have ate it. Deers don't eat flannel shirts. If you're driving, you don't know. Uh, dude, come on now. Sometimes I, they uh, mistake things. Yeah, they don't mistake a flannel shirt. I bet you twenty dollars <laughs> if I drop flannel. you. If I drop you in the middle of the woods, do you know how big a flannel shirt is? If I drop you in the middle of the woods for a week, and I give you nothing but cookies shaped in it, it in the form of a dick, and I tell you all you can eat is this bag of dicks, <laughs> you're gonna say no. And then on the seventh day, when you're dying of starvation, you're gonna eat it, and then I'm gonna be able to say this to you: you ate a bag of dicks. Then you have to rationalize to every single person that I might say that to you around. That, oh, it's not an actual bag. It was cookies in the shape. And you have to live the rest of your life. So now knowing that, would you eat that bag of dicks? No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> I've been thinking about that bit in my head. I was like, there's a bit there. Someone could figure it out. Deers don't eat flannel shirts. Yeah, how big a fucking flannel shirt is. Deers don't they eat. ate the whole shirt or a piece of it. Yeah, I guess it was a, I don't. I saw, a part of, I saw a part of the shirt there. It might have been a piece of but it. But I think it was the entire shirt. I don't know. Okay. Like it's I was one of those five dollars from Walmart. They might have some of them smell like something we kind of stopped to see on the side of the road, you know, like, hey, what are you doing here, man? Do you need help? 
And he's like, no, I feel dressing a deer that I hit. And so, you know, like I said, I'm 17, you know, and I was with a bunch of like adult ass men, like going on a hunting trip. So it's just, to me, it was weird. Yeah. I mean, look, there's people out there that smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. And some people find that weird. You shouldn't find a dude who's randomly field dressing a deer that he hit weird because that just might be his lifestyle. It's so normal to him. No, I didn't find that weird. I found doesn't the mean fact I'm going to the... ask him a question though. I'm sure as hell not going to ask if he's all right and needs help. I'm going to be like driving off just in case that guy turns out to be a murderer. Keep you know, it's a rural area. It's <laughs> 1994. There's children around here. We're not worried about that necessarily you know we've seen the vehicle pull over on the side of the road and so we're like oh okay now if he popped open his grill and started cooking the deer right there i'd be like hey man you need some help real quick let me i don't get i don't again i wasn't driving i don't know i was i was just a passenger in a car you know i don't know what these guys are thinking when they pull over and ask you know do you need help with whatever you know about. i, work at I, a I gym, think the right? car obviously the truck had to like must have looked wrecked right because he hit a deer so his truck probably had damage to it. And I think that's why the driver pulled over and was like, hey, are you okay? Is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, no, I hate this deer pill dressing. it." And I just remember like looking down and seeing like part of the flannel shirt sticking out of the inside of this deer, like a sleeve of a flannel shirt. Like, and I'm like, how did that get inside of the deer with like all these guts and shit? And like, why isn't it in the stomach? If he had eaten this bucket, like he wasn't cutting open the stomach. He's removing the guts from the deer. So it doesn't taint the meat. Something doesn't, you know, if something's busted open in there. From the impact, he's got to get the you know the the guts and shit out right away. What you doing over there, man? Making a necklace? Yeah. So so I look over, you know, I just like this. It looks like a flannel sleeve, so seriously, like wrapped up in the guts of this deer. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how did a flannel shirt get inside this this deer? How did it get in there? Might have ate it. Well, I, 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 why wasn't it in his stomach? I don't know. Dude might have cut it's it. Just and then you the, might have just been it, it, maybe, maybe so. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe, you know, I just, I may have come in a weird spot. Like maybe the stomach. I want to know what detergent that guy uses on his clothes to make that deer so hungry. They had a flannel shirt. I want to know where the fucking guide was. Fucking was supposed to show up to fucking take us hunting. Probably hit showed. his bong a little bit too hard too. And forgot he had shit to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that, we were, I think that was my, place. I think that was my first experience with potentially a skinwalker. You know, he was watching some type of Clinton kill list video. He got the last one at the DVD spot and he was like, oh, damn, I had a tour I had to do a double little cross, while ago. Huh? He was all I was watching double cross <laughs> out, out buying them all up. <laughs> you give him a phone call. Hey, man, we we're supposed to meet for this tour. Where were you? Oh, man, you missed it, dude. They got OJ in here trying on a white glove. I couldn't leave the uh, couch. <laughs> hung up I the was thing. eating it. All I could do is eat this bag of dicks and watch yeah. in horror. I know. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Uh, no, I was going to say, I work at a gym. You know that. Um, somehow, I don't know why, but random people just bring me in stuff, and it's based on the conversations I've had. You got to understand, I've been up basically all night, and I'm, so I don't know what I say sometimes. Um, and this guy brought in a thing, a giant slab of deer meat. And just gave it to me. He's like, gotcha, man. And he walked away. And I was like, what the fuck did I say to him? <laughs> it's like, I have no clue, but thank you. That's funny. Did you eat it? It's in my freezer. Gonna make burgers. Um, yeah, mix it. Well, mix it with some ground beef. I'm on a um, new diet deers? right now. One egg a day. That's it. What? That's not a diet. It's working for me, my man. You're gonna die. I'm feeling fantastic. Uh, one egg a day? One what egg the a day. hell? Are you going to become one of those guys who only eats air? I'm going to wait so I can hit the level of Gandhi. 
and then start shaving my head and just preaching to people. Start now, bro. Just go for it. Boom. I thought about it. I don't think I can rock bald. That's a very significant look. Okay, so if you don't, if you can't rock bald, guess what? They make a hat. You can rock a hat. I can't rock a hat. You can rock a hat. I've you, tried I can, I'm looking show. at it right now. Your hair almost looks like a fucking hat right now. I could bring up a hat right there. I could, I could totally picture you in a hat right now. You look good. You look fine. You look like Tom Holland, bro. You could fucking wear a fucking brown bag over your fucking head and look great. It'd look better if you wore a brown bag over your head because you look like Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um. Anyway, sorry, Tom. <clears throat> um. No, no, just kidding. But yeah, no. I mean, you could wear anything you want and look great, dude. Come on now. Astral. Let's talk about astral signs. Are you a horoscope guy? Um. I was born on the cusp of Aries and Pisces. I'm going to throw the fuck up right now. I didn't know this was actually, I was just hoping you were going to laugh and say, no, I'm not interested in that. I don't know anything else about it, but I That's was it? born on the cusp of Aries and Pisces. I do oh, know that like you. when you, I do know that the astral signs in the sky run opposite of the way they do like for like, so Taurus was in the sky before Aries and then Aries was in the sky before Pisces and Pisces like, but like the way it works on the calendar is opposite. So. I don't know why that happened. I just know people started changing it to their dating profile to where they ask you what your sign is before. And if you say the wrong sign, they go, okay, I can't. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm actually not that. I was kidding. I'm this. And they're like, well, I can't do that either. And I'm like, ha, got you again. I'm actually this sign. And I can't do that one either. And I'm like, well, what do you think I am? I think you're actually this. Oh, that is what I am. Oh, really? Then we can date. Oh, I was just kidding. I'm not that either. You fucking nut job. <laughs> so there's supposed to be so allegedly there's a 13th um i don't astrological care. sign I instead don't of 12 care. unless there's a new planet or they're bringing pluto back i'm not worried about it oh there's new planets they're everywhere exoplanets mm -hmm. ones we can live on allegedly i really would like to discover a haunted like chuck e cheese where all those animatronics are alive Sounds like fun. They've been playing so many movies about it. I can't stop thinking about it. Five Nights at Freddy's. <clears throat> yeah, it was all right. It wasn't like the best, but yeah, it, it has potential. I haven't seen it, but I figured it had some sort of potential. I'm going to wait till it's like available to rent for five bucks because I can't justify spending more than five. They had a movie that was, what was it? Empire of the Flower Moon or something like that. That was out in theaters with Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Three hours and twenty nine minutes. That's too long to sit through. Anything. That's what I said. You could tr you could travel from Maryland to Baltimore. That's a three hour drive. Then stop at an Olive Garden and get some breadsticks and whatever entree you want. Spaghetti with white sauce. Right. I was like, well, why why would you sit in a movie? I would have to be hammered in that movie to watch it. Even then, like you. <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, I couldn't hardly sit through Lord of the Rings, dude. That was, and I wanted to see that shit back in the day. And eventually your leg just goes to sleep. Huh. Eventually I just go to sleep. I'm like, fuck it. I'm comfortable. Laid back, especially with like the new movie theaters. Do you know they're making a Jonestown movie? Oh, man. That's finally. That's I'm fucking cool. But I think they're making it based on like what we actually know now that Jonestown wasn't a mass suicide, it was a mass murder. Murder. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. That's funny. I thought that many, many years ago. I had no way of proving it, no way of like really researching that deep into it. So well, there's plenty of research out there. Yeah. I mean, there were kids at that place, so I don't think kids yeah. are going to. There's plenty of research on dinosaurs, too, but allegedly they're not dinosaurs. Dinosaur means terrible lizard, and lizards don't have feathers. So 
I don't know, man. Uh-huh. Like, uh, dude, everything is wrong. Everything we know is wrong. Like, I don't know. Research, research, you know, whatever. It's all fucking based on opinion. Who funded that research? Who funded? Where did the money come from that paid for the research? In the well, 1960s, bear aspirin. Hold on. It's, I know you've said this before, too. Yeah, instead of ask, you. instead of saying that everything is a lie, why don't you just start accepting what they're spouting as fact as an opinion? They've based research on the limited scope that they probably analyzed it through. Like to me, like I know, like I have a lot of friends that are just like they are historians. And then I have friends that are like yourself that are researchers that go online and come across a lot of stuff, stuff that I learned about. I didn't even know that there were cockroaches in coffee. Right. There's some sometimes because it's when you're harvesting food, it's the FDA has allowed a certain amount. Yeah. Which is still that's not good, you know. But because like then they can just base whatever they want off of how much is a little. Well, whatever the FDA says is a little. Okay, so they can just move that sliding scale depending on whatever they consider a little. But my whole thing is instead of like saying that this is wrong or this is inaccurate or this says this and this says that, start living in the world where there's multiple different studies and everyone has their own bias influenced into it. Now you're only hoping that the information that we run off of is the ones that is probably less influenced and people chose the higher route. It's like when you get into the climate subject, when you get into all these, there are people that have somehow put their own political bias into it. And then when people see a different side of the data, they go, you're fucking lying. And then it becomes this giant feud that we're basically now fucking ourselves out of existence. So it's like, to me, I just look at everything. Whenever someone tells me something, people go, well, how can you listen to so many people with so many different viewpoints? I just go, because I accept it as that's their opinion. That's their perspective based on the things that they've seen. Doesn't mean they're a liar. It just means they've seen data. Like, the JFK assassination. Let's, let's let's hop into that real quick. Mob did it. CIA did it. Whoever did it. It, it. All of it's weighted because there's so much research in so many different areas that could support each individual theory. Do I care about who pulled the trigger? I would like to know the answer, but I'm not going to waste my time trying to figure out something that we may never figure out. What I can say, though, is that you can really back up a lot of these people's claims. Even Johnson did it, which I fucking hate talking about that one. But you can see that there's a lot of connections. A lot of things Who's, going on. Speaking of this, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I want to say this before. I want to ask this question since you're the like the number one JFK researcher in the world right now. No, Who's the high profile guy who just? Oh, dude, well, don't bullshit oh, Kissinger. Me about it. Kissinger. Who's the guy? He's a high profile guy who just turned around and said that the fucking Secret Service man driving shot JFK oh. in the face. Oh, I don't know about the guy who said that. There's not anybody who's made that claim in a long time. Dude, that's but... that's happening like right now, like all over. I've been seeing that recently, bro. Oh, that shit. Like recently on like social media, yeah, it was like, and I thought it was somehow connected to you, man. I thought like this dude may have been somebody that you were talking to or something, man, because they were like, yeah, this dude, the driver is the guy who shot him. And he's like, I've known this for fucking 40, 50, 60, 70 years, however long it's been since JFK's been shot. He's like, but I never said anything about it. Exactly, but yeah. So that's the that's the new thing that's going on that I I, I hear. No, nah, I don't think you're right. I think it's yeah, it's still the um it's still the other guy. Uh Paul Landis is his name. It's the Secret Service agent um who came out probably a month ago, maybe a little bit over a month ago. And he was so his side technically falls in the conspiracy realm still. So he's still against the official narrative, but it's weird how the media has picked up on it so much. The media is like they've really never accepted or never bothered to 
broadcast any opinions that were against the official narrative. The only time you can really trace it back is in 1975, 1976, maybe, when uh, Geraldo Rivera, that guy from CNN with the giant mustache, first played the Zapruder film on national television in front of everybody. Um, that was the first time everyone saw Kennedy's head go back into the left. And that's when a lot of public doubt started. I think it was up to like 70 something percent that people believe that Oswald did not act alone. Um, but no, it's Paul Landis. He said that he found a bullet perfectly intact, which is the magic bullet that was found on that stretcher that went through two people and created seven wounds, the single bullet theory, this thing that was created. Um, and he, he said he was the one who placed it on the stretcher. Both sides, conspiracy and non-conspiracy, do not buy it at all because, I mean, he's made the claim before. He said it back in 98. It's not brand new. Everyone's saying it's brand new. Media's reporting on it, like brand new claim that just came out. No, he said it in the past. He just never went this public about it, but he said he placed the bullet there. So the main thing you got to think is you're telling me as a Secret Service agent, you had evidence, put it in your pocket, walked over and placed it on a stretcher and didn't fucking tell anybody until 30 years later. Fuck's wrong with you. That's a Secret Service problem. The real things you can point out about the case that are what I would call proven, um, the Secret Service, and there's photos of it. You can check my YouTube. I have all these shorts loaded up there. There is the Secret Service limousine being cleaned out um, with a bucket. They put brain matter. They put bone. They put bullet fragments all in that bucket, and that all those fragments and all that stuff was not submitted into evidence. That is a that is a problem. That is a Secret Service were out drinking the night before up until wee hours of the morning. Paul Landis, the guy we were just talking about who placed that magic bullet, was out till 5 a.m. at the cellar, which was like a place to get drink ever clear alcohol and all this type of shit. So a lot of those guys were not up to part of duty and nobody lost their job. So there's a lot of things in the Kennedy case that I wouldn't call conspiracy that are true. So, I mean, if you have more questions, let me answer some questions. We could I'll, I'll do this for a minute. I'm, yeah, not a, um, I'm not a top researcher. Don't give me that. I'm just an average citizen. <laughs> the thing. Well, I mean, you have managed to do things in the field that nobody has ever managed to do before, like get people from opposite sides of the aisle to sit down and talk to each other um, <clears throat> in meetings um, on your podcast. So that's, I mean, that's why I'm going to that with that. But so, um, um Dude, to me, I don't know if I have questions. I do have questions. I have a million questions. I want to know where JFK's brain is. and what yeah, We don't know where that is. Yeah, it's a tie-in with Robert Kennedy and why he had possession of it at some point or well, okay. so that, access that, to it. That, that I have a clip of. The family mm – -hmm. I think you probably saw it on my Instagram. The family did have um, access to the materials. A lot of it was put in a chest. Three autopsy doctors, Dr. James Humes, Dr. Boswell, and Dr. Pierre Fink have to sign off on a sheet of what's being inserted into this chest. And this chest was eventually given into the Kennedy family. We don't really know the specifics of how it got there. The chain of custody, which was investigated, is very skimp. Um, they have dates and periods for a couple of years with it. But there was a meeting being taken place. All these doctors signed off that the chest had the brain in it, had microscopic slides of the chest, and had a bunch of documentation from x-rays and autopsy photographs and things of that sort. They signed off saying that that was in the chest, okay? That thing, that chest, gets transferred from Berkeley, Kennedy's physician, to RFK, to another person who's an assistant who meets somebody, gives it to an agent, and then it arrives at the National Archives in around 1966. Oh, no, 
1966. So three years after Kennedy's killed. They open it up. Nothing's in there. So did these doctors lie and say that they signed off and put it in there? I don't know. Or did somebody take out the stuff all around those massive trips that started going through? We don't know. So that's the thing. Kennedy's brain's missing. The thing that would show a lot of differences of opinion. I mean, I don't, there's a lot of stuff in this case that just, you're probably never going to get an answer to unless someone comes forward, but everybody's dying. Uh, yeah. Another piece of lost history. So what kind of exactly, what kind of information would they be hoping to find through the analysis of Kennedy's brain? I mean, if he was shot in the head by the caliber of weapon that he was shot in the head with, wouldn't that have like liquefied most of the fucking brain to begin with? Well, it would explode the whole right side of his head like we all saw in the Sapruder film. Mm-hmm. But if so you, how much brain was left, and then what would they be hoping to find? That's the thing. In the autopsy, there was a perfectly preserved brain on the table, and they said Kennedy's brain weighed 1,500 grams, which is an above average weight for a normal brain. So you're telling me that if a brain gets shot, you're going to lose matter, not add it on. Right. That's the thing why the brain's missing, because it would tell you that there was a front shot. Depending on which way the brain was blown out, it would just depict and show you. When they had a brain in there, Kennedy's brain would have been gray, just like the brain that was photographed, but it wouldn't have been intact. The reason a lot of people suspect conspiracy is that Bethesda Naval Medical Hospital has a lot like an autopsy section where they do it with students. They have training for students doing autopsies and taking out brains of cadavers. The perfectly intact brain could have been somebody else's brain. You soak it in formaldehyde for up to a couple days so it gets this grayish form and you can actually grab it and not have to worry about slipping and all this. Right. But like there's a casket game that happens with the caskets when they're being delivered based on the reports of Cyberdon O'Neill. Um, there are two FBI agents who were also live at the autopsy when it was happening. Everyone, like there's three different times a casket was dropped off and everyone thought they were carrying Kennedy, but only one person was. So that could be to stop the press. It doesn't have to be conspiracy at all. But the one the doctors said they opened up the casket of one of them, Kennedy was in there butt naked with his head wrapped. So why is his head wrapped? They took it off and that's when someone made the statement and he later retracted it but said that there was pre-autopsy to kennedy before it arrived at the naval hospital and i mean to his head so hold on when when he cut the brain he cut he cut a line and he pulled the what you, there's a photo of it kennedy's scalps all pulled um it's pulled from the back forward so his brain can come out they said the brain just plopped right out now the issue with that is your brain is attached to nerves. Yeah. And so yeah. the reason why if you crack your skull or anything like that, your brain's not just going to pour out on the thing. It's because it's connected in there by a stem and everything like that. So that means someone did something to his head to disconnect the thing. And I mean, it's it, like I said, that's the sketchiest part, too, because to be able to validate any of these claims instead of just using kind of common sense a little bit or any statements that the doctors said, I mean, Kennedy's. Cat, that casket was eventually dropped in the ocean under orders of Robert Kennedy. There's a lot of stuff that happened. The medical autopsy notes the draft of them were burned in a fireplace by Dr. James Humes um, and possibly Pierre Fink's notes because they all, all those notes went missing. So there's a lot of stuff with the autopsy that's really messed up that would point at the government. But and why would any of that stuff even happen? Like, you know what I mean? How does that happen? How does fucking, how does NASA? tape over the fucking moon landing to, and <laughs> how does you know Why how not? does fucking 
Right? How does fucking the, the documents of the fucking autopsy, the morticians who were conducting the autopsy, how did those get fucking cremated along not, with... Not morticians. What they were was they were pathologists, but they were only pathologists for car accidents and things like that. They were not qualified. That's why Pierre Fink came into the autopsy. He was the only one who had done surgical autopsies, a forensic pathologist to be able to detect if which way gunshot wounds went. But he hadn't done a autopsy in like a couple of years. So that was his first one in a long time, but they called him there to verify. Now, one thing that is suspicious and depicted in Oliver Stone's film, there is an unnamed general, and I think everyone thinks it's Curtis LeMay. It was depicted as Dr. Feelgood or Dr. Strangelove in the movie where he was smoking a cigar at Kennedy's autopsy. And he was telling people not to touch that, not to do that. The people that were doing the autopsy of Kennedy were not allowed to touch certain parts of Kennedy's body. And the big kind of rebuttal to that is the Kennedy's family's wishes did not want the body being because and they blamed the Catholic stuff, which is like, I mean, I guess, but you can't just hide behind a religion wall. We do that with everything. We did that with Mark Chapman and John Lennon. You know, the, these priests that were all coming there trying to demonize Mark Chapman. Well, it turns out one of the goddamn doctors that visited Mark Chapman was a MK Ultra doctor, Milton Klein. And that's where this idea of a little people kingdom that Mark Chapman had in his head came from. And then this Mark Chapman states that in his cell floor, he saw the battle of little people kingdoms of the devil and the angels. And at the ending, the angel general they all won and the angel general popped into his hand. He put it up to his ear and the angel general said, plead guilty. So none of the evidence of two shooters at John Lennon's assassination could come out because Mark Chapman just pleaded guilty. So is it suspicious that an MK ultra visited or MK ultra doctor visited um, Mark Chapman? No, but is it suspicious that an MK ultra doctor visited Jack Ruby? No. Is it suspicious that an MK ultra doctor visited uh, Charles Manson? No. Well, that one's a little suspicious. Yeah, they're all suspicious, dude. <laughs> I know. Even the Sirhan one was an MK Ultra <laughs> doctor that visited him. Yeah, dude, it's to me, it's mind-boggling. Okay, so everyone needs a, weird... a devil, man. They need a devil to burn. A monster, have that dude. Monster, gotta have that monster. It's bro. fun. It's fun to see that stuff, and I, I hate being like, I, look, I'm not profiting off of a conspiracy, so I could talk about it. But when you really see the amount of documentation and stuff like that, it's like there's a real possibility that every belief that we might have in that could be every major tragedy in history could have been created for a purpose, and that purpose was not what we were told initially. It was only to bring bigger security, and like there's a documentary on Netflix you can watch, Wormwood. It's about Frank Olson's death, and the CIA has admitted to dosing him with LSD and him committing suicide. They paid the family millions of dollars because it was investigated multiple times to say it was the CIA's fault. And the weird part about his death that has come out in the past like 10, 15 years was that it looked like he was beaten the head with a pipe. He fell from a six or eight story. He jumped out of eight story window, which was the official story. The later story from the CIA admitted that he committed suicide, but then he, someone said that he was thrown out of a window, and he landed feet first, but his head was bashed in like someone beat him in with a bat. So you know what I'm saying? There's like – that's a documentary on Netflix. Really, really good. But there's a lot of like corruption stuff like this. So just be happy you're meeting Santa Claus in fucking Walmart. Yeah, right. Instead of Richard Doty. 
All right. You know, do you know who do you know the name Richard Doty? I've heard it. See what you were just talking about reminded me. So Richard Doty works for the uh, Office of Special Intelligence out of Kirtland Air Force Base in Albuquerque, New Mexico during the 90s. And there was a guy who ran an aerospace design company up by uh, Sandia National Labs up on the east side of Albuquerque by the base of Sandia Mountains, apparently. He had a home up there and uh, his businesses were up there. And um, I used to live in that area. So this is a particular interest to me. Um, in fact, I lived in the neighborhood um, where this took place. So this guy um, saw UFOs over Kirtland Air Force Base and he contacted the Air Force Base and they put him in contact with this guy, Richard Doty. Richard Doty then becomes quote unquote friends with this gentleman who owned the business. I can't remember the gentleman's name who owned the business. I wish I could. Um, but um, Richard Doty then admits now to um, having fed this man misinformation to the point of driving him insane and having him locked up in a mental institution. It caused him to be locked up in a mental institution where he later committed suicide. Um, and so the whole story you were just talking about sounds very reminiscent of that sort of thing. Because I guess like the guy jumped out of a fucking window in a mental institution. How did he even get access to a fucking window that wasn't barred or look, whatever, right? Look at Hemingway. Mm -hmm. If you know the writer Hemingway, um, he visited Cuba for a little while and actually was having pro-Castro views. And um, the, he started getting like super, super paranoid that the FBI was spying on him. And he was telling people that the FBI is watching him and he was being like, everyone said he went crazy. Well, he eventually got put into a mental asylum and they gave him electroconvulsive therapy. And when he went out, he couldn't write anymore. He became like an alcoholic, couldn't write. He said that he lost it after the electroconvulsive therapy. Well, he went back in to do the electroconvulsive therapy again to try and fix it. What they did to him didn't work and he shot himself. Well, if you look up Hemingway and the FBI, the FBI has a 30, it's, over a hundred documents per part, but there's 30 parts on them. They were watching him. They were surveilling him. So he was right. And that has come out as like, he was being watched by the FBI. They were surveilling him and going through his mail and making him seem a little bit crazy. And he eventually killed himself all because he had communist views. So, okay. There was the guy that's fucking like so many little things like this remind me of things. There was the guy in, in Texas, right? The Navy guy, the Navy officer who said that the CIA was um, attacking him from, he was in a hotel and they ran another room and they were attacking him with sonic weapons and putting thoughts in his head and making he went out and killed a bunch of people because of this shit. Um, and then like immediately after that happened, then there was like a story that broke where in Cuba and maybe in China, diplomats were being pulled from those locations and brought back home with evidence of microwave attacks being used on them. Um, at their embassies, um, things like burns on their inner ears and stuff that are like to be caused by like high powered sonic weapons or microwave weapons. Um, and so I really believe that, that guy who was the Navy guy, I think that he was being fucked with by the CIA, man. I think that the CIA put those thoughts in his head and caused him to kill fucking me. Like whenever he said that he was being fucking manipulated electronically by the CIA, I believe that shit, man. Um, because like it's just like so much evidence has come out since that happened of these types of attacks happening, but like in, by foreign agents in other countries. And if foreign agents are using it on our guys, I mean we're using it on other people. Like you damn well know that. 
Um, it doesn't scare me, that type of stuff. What does scare me is the fact that people will like refuse to even engage in conversation about it. Like the person who might be speaking it might be a nut job. And it's just like, if anything, listen to it and then search it up or try and find out where this person gets their sources. Like, that's the one thing for me. I don't have a conspiracy. Like, I don't like the Skinwalker talks. I just think it's fucking stupid when there's like real problems out there. But I like listening to people talk about it. I like hearing somebody's perspective on it. I like to engage in conversation about it. I would never tell someone they don't exist, even though in my belief they don't. But if someone is like yourself, if you believe in Skinwalkers, tell me all about it. But the thing we do in society now is we just shut down. And I've talked to enough people to tell you that everyone has built their perspective and it's not just built on a pillar of bullshit. It's built in some way that they view the world. And if you can't look, I mean, dude, think about how many episodes I've done. Think oh, yeah, people thousand, I've talked dude, to. A couple of thousand now. People that, I mean, I would not agree with on certain things, but it don't, it only enhances your understanding that you do not know every single thing. So to tell someone that they're wrong is the worst thing you can do. I'm so much of an easygoing guy now when it comes to any subject matter. I can float in a conversation with anybody. But it's just like whenever someone says something to me, in my viewpoint, I go, okay, I'm not even going to bring up the other side. I'm just going to go, yeah, I get it because I've seen that side too. And that side's real as well. And if you can get these people to sit down and have these conversations like we normally should be doing, we wouldn't be having all this fuckery go on. And none of this would be happening. Right, right. <clears throat> There's phenomena that occur. Shopped, it's going to happen. I'm going to be walking out of my shower, and then you're seeing autopsy done. Says you died. Like Jim Cothey, the guy who investigated Jack Ruby's apartment the night that he shot Oswald, he eventually died, and his official cause of death was throat chop while stepping out of his shower. Like that's someone put that on an autopsy report. All right. Who broke that's... into his apartment? Was that ever investigated? No. No, no. Who throat chopped him? Who that, knows? But yeah, that's what's did, right? crazy. How dare mm -hmm. they do that? Oh, he's stepping out of the shower. Get him with his pants down, <laughs> dude. People are fucked up, dude. The things that they will do to other people, say to other people, treat the way we treat other people—it's just ridiculous, dude. There's like no. Sam Giancana's death is pretty suspicious too. Dude, there's Sam, a lot of people like that. Sam Giancana was a mob boss of Chicago. And um, this is like, it's not even controversial, but everyone thinks what happened was Sam Giancana was being monitored at when he returned back to this country. Basically, the way that the mob, if you look up like mob history, mob people like historians in the mob sector will tell you it was because he pissed off the crime family. But if you look at like his involvement and kind of speculation about like maybe the Kennedy stuff, you start looking at the government a little bit. So Sam Giancana got deported to not even his original country. He got a, deported to like Mexico. Apparently went to Mexico um, to the mob size to escape from the mob because the mob found out he had a bunch of money from casinos that he was not giving up because he said it was out of his casinos and that he shouldn't have to donate to the crime family. So the crime family eventually kicked him out. He was in Mexico for a couple of years making a bunch of money down there, and he decides to come back to this country. He decides to meet with one of the main mob bosses to make amends to the family so he can get put back into the family. And he's at his house. FBI is watching his house. They get a call for something, and the guy's agents on post decide to just leave. And Sam Giancana was shot point blank in his face seven times with a point two. 0.22 caliber bullet seven or five it's, the accounts vary 
But the reason why it's suspicious is not only because he was shot in the face fucking however many times. That could be a mob hit, dude. That seems like it's a someone had to know him as the thing. And they the reason why they said that was because he was making dinner and he was making dinner with peppers. Now you sit there and go, what's suspicious about him eating dinner with peppers? He had a stomach ulcer to where he was not supposed to eat spicy foods. And he everyone suspects that it's a very personal thing to shoot somebody in the face <laughs> that many times um, that he invited someone over to dinner and was making this meal with the peppers for the person. And it's been spec speculation. That it was baby Bay Barboza or it was these names. Um, everyone thought Johnny Rosselli for the longest time, but Johnny Rosselli, I think he died later. He was chopped up and thrown in a barrel. Um, and they found him, 10 days later after he went missing. Uh, the official cause of death, I think, states that he died of asphyxiation. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure he died of his fucking arms and legs being dismembered and thrown into a barrel. I don't think the asphyxiation fucking did it. But that was because he was testifying before the church committee. Because um, they asked him about his involvement in the assassination of JFK. And he he bullshitted them with them for a couple of times. He was invited in there three times. I think the next time he was getting called in the time that he got killed before it happened but eventually he told him he's like hey if i talk they're gonna kill me they're gonna that's in the transcripts they're gonna get rid of me it's gonna happen and i fear for my safety they kept trying to get him to talk he kept saying i fear for my safety his lawyer said he fears for his safety then when he gets called again that's when they found him dead and that's when the speculation of they started interviewing his lawyer asking him what was going on he said he feared for his safety because they ever the mob thought he ratted and the CIA is not going to chop you up and throw you in a barrel. But to me, that's like – I don't even care if the mob did it. It's just like I find that fascinating. But nobody in the community wants to talk about it if it doesn't support their theory. But I'm like, don't you want to know about all the historical deaths like John Dillinger and all these people? I mean the guy who killed John Dillinger and got the credit for it was supposed to be Hoover, right? Well, it was another agent. That guy went off into stardom. Well, it pissed off J. Edgar Hoover so much, he blacklisted that guy from the FBI. The guy had to leave the FBI, start up his own private organization, a detective agency. Didn't take off at all. He ended up shooting himself. That was Hoover. Made that guy's life miserable because he got the credit for killing John Dillinger. So it's like you see all these and it's just like, man, History's fucking fascinating. I'm over here like a goddamn kid ignoring the people that are selling out uh, Boy Scout cookies in the front of Walmart. I'm like, fuck, no, not going to make eye contact with you. That's how you make the sale. Right. <laughs> exactly. I have a question. Um, There are Good, as many. Granted for like 20 minutes. Dude, you did. No, it's just great. It's great, though. I learned a lot just now. Um, There are as many. According to the Secret Service, there are as many as eight or possibly more body doubles for Joe Biden. Why the fuck you asked me that question? I don't know. No, this is a statement I'm making. When did that program start? Is there a possibility that the man they said was JFK wasn't even JFK? Could no, they have shot? That was JFK, 100%. Was it? Are we yeah. sure? That was 100% JFK, yeah. You look at the autopsy photos of JFK. It's been proven. But if, didn't have but if he had doubles, though, if they, if I don't, they had... I don't think Biden has doubles either. I don't believe that either. Oh no, they say that. They, that's an openly admitted they, thing because they, what they, they do is they put these body doubles in different vehicles and send them out so that he can't be like they can't figure out which one is the real president. There's a one eight chance 
that he could be assassinated if somebody was then trying they would to just assassinate film him. the body double walking up the airplane stairs or walking into the White House and not missing and so, the front I think door sometimes by they do. Oh. I think sometimes they do. That's the, that's the point that I'm making. See, is like when we see the body, like they have these body doubles. So there's a chance that, like, maybe the guy that we see on these, like, why things always seem scripted or why things seem weird and like, is because maybe it's not even the same guy. If we're looking at eight people who are all supposed to be close enough to Joe JFK Biden. JFK was killed in Dallas in 1963. It's verifiably proven. It's a horrible tragedy. RFK Jr. lost his uncle. And his dad. Somebody died, man. People lost family. Okay? So understand that. Absolutely. No, I get that. I'm curious. When did when did this program start? Only thing that's suspicious about the Secret Service, besides all the bullshit I told you earlier, is the alleged Secret Service agent on the knoll that has not been identified. There was so no that's, Secret that's, Service that's agent the man on, on the, the grassy knoll. knoll. Nobody, all the Secret Earth Service agents have said that there was nobody in our motorcade that was on that knoll. But many witnesses and many police officers in their reports said that a man up there flashed a Secret Service agent badge and said he was identified himself as a Secret Service agent. Now, who was in charge of printing the credentials for each of those trips the Secret Service took? It was the CIA. Could it be possible? Like I told you, I think last time we talked, that my theory was that in the CIA's charter, it says they can offer CIA agents to the Secret Service to extra protection on Kennedy's detail. So could that be a secret or a CIA agent using Secret Service credentials? I don't know. Or someone gave out credentials. But that man was not apprehended. Man was not identified. And he's been an alleged mystery ever since. If you believe the shots came from the knoll. What I like is when they replaced the Dealey Plaza fence. People wrote on it with Sharpie. One person wrote the trees saw everything, which I think is just awesome. And then another person wrote nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys. And I was like, yeah, fucking four or five of them are dead. All in strange. One was snowboarding and uh, ski or skiing. And uh, he uh, broke his neck <laughs> and died. That might not be suspicious, but there's a lot of weird things about not being able to find his body and stuff for however many days. There seems to be a lot of that type of stuff that involve a lot of people too, because I've mentioned this guy to you before, um, Schneider. He was allegedly part of the Delta Force team that went into the Dulce New Mexico underground base and had some sort of shootout with um, extraterrestrials using high-powered directed energy weapons. Um, and when doctors like reviewed the injuries that he claimed to sustain during that time, they said that whatever he had been injured with was hot enough to cauterize his wounds instantly. He was missing fingers from one hand and had some injuries on his chest, and that was what he claimed was evidence of this extraterrestrial battle that he had had. Now, supposedly, this was an operation that was carried out by President Carter in 19. 19- 79 or 80 i guess just before uh reagan took office and so um but so this guy like decides to come public with stuff and start talking about it and he became like real involved in the ufo like conspiracy i don't want to dive into this but he was killed well he committed suicide but like the way he committed suicide was um 
like he tied his hands and feet behind his back and then put a pillowcase over his head and shot himself twice in the back of the head or something like that. Um, sounds so sounds accurate. Right. Yeah. And so just weird things like that, you know, come to mind whenever, um, you, you know, you mention stuff like that and it's like, yeah, you know, like there's like all sorts of examples of like kills to kill himself. How the fuck did he kill himself like that? You know, like that sounds, that must've been an easy one to do. Your Shot energy, twice dropped. In the chest and... Your energy <laughs> dropped and it brought me down. You piece oh, of man. <clears throat> You you bring these topics up, man. It makes me think about. This I don't fight. think of them. I don't think of them as heavy topics, though. I, it's just fucking. It, I, we're gonna we're gonna wrap because I'm about to take a nap now. God, <laughs> Kelly, where can well, people before, find you? Hold on. Before we go, fluoride. We have to address a topic. I'm not even. No, we have talking two hours. This is enough. Has <laughs> it been two hours? I'm All not right. adding fluoride right, as a time. mint onto right. the dinner. <clears throat> next time it'll be next time we have to talk about fluoride though. That's fair. Fine. All right. All right. Um, you can find me online at I have a new website address as well as the old one. So you can find me at www.arizonaart.info. You can also find me at www.artofaz.com. And I'm on Instagram at Arizona underscore artistry. So all of those places are good ways to locate me. And I will link all that in the description. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Out of Link Podcast. Stay tuned for our next